Curtis and I want to welcome you to my wonderful world of white which combines my love for skiing and photography. These two passions have brought me a great deal of healing over the past three seasons and I'm thrilled to have this opportunity to give you a little peek into what keeps me climbing. Let's go! Whenever I go into the backcountry I love using the photos that I make and the words that I write tell the story of where I go and the experiences that I have. One of my goals is to make whoever sees my photos and stories feel like they were right there experiencing things with me. I'm a big believer in the power of print so I'm putting together a large format coffee table book with my favorite images and stories along with a brief history of what's led me to this place. I want to create a tangible memorial of my experiences that I can share with you. So as I've been sharing, I've been paying attention to what's around me. I see that drift up ahead that's begging to be photographed. So I'm going to pause for a moment before I get to some specifics about how you can help me turn this dream into a reality. and welcome to Two Words with Taku. I am so excited right now because I am sitting via Skype with Curtis Cunningham, whose audio we just listened to. Uh, hi, Curtis. So nice to meet you. Hi. How are yeah. you? Good. It's a nice day here in Smithers. The sun is shining. I could spend the day working in the office. Oh, honestly, it's, I'm glad it's, like, it's sunny there because it's the same here. I'm sitting in one of my quieter rooms and... Can you see I'm just like bathing in light? <laughs> so beautiful out here. Um, all right. So this is really amazing because you got in touch with me via my podcast. And now we're sitting here about to talk about your book and talk about crowdfunding, talk about, you know, what's happening in your world. So can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Well, I'm uh, married. I have a wife. 14-year-old son. Uh, we live in Smithers, British Columbia, which is about a 14-hour drive north of Vancouver. Um, Smithers is halfway in between Prince Rupert and Prince George. Mm -hmm. um, we live at the base of uh, Hudson Bay Mountain, which is where I spend most of my time skiing. I love photography. I love art. I love beauty and nature and I love getting out and I love, uh, I love sharing with people the beauty of what I see and where I go. One thing that's very important to me is telling the story of where I go and what I do with my pictures and the words that I write, uh, which is essentially the genesis to this uh, project, this book that I'm working on right now. All right, so tell us about the book. Tell us about this wonderful world of white. It uh, started really unbeknownst to me three years ago, which is when I started ski touring. Um, I had had some health issues, and I looked at ski touring as a way to become more healthy. I've, every day that I've gone skiing, I've taken my camera with me, whether I'm skiing on the mountain or backcountry skiing. Mm -hmm. And so it just seemed like a natural progression the next step to combine my love for photography and um, skiing into a book. Uh, my photography business has been a little slow of late, and so when times like that ha occur, I default to um, projects, personal projects. And it seems like this is something that might have some legs, some traction to it. Mm -hmm. And so I've been busy the last few months um, spending quite a lot of time developing the project and uh, working on this book. Uh, right now, it's it's a hardcover. The desire for it is to be a hardcover book, mm -hmm. uh, 12 by 12. It's uh, roughly 100 pages, um, color and black and white images. 
of the uh, places that I go. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit about my the background and some of the health issues and why I am doing this, why I love doing this this activity. Mm-hmm. I've done graphic design for fourteen, no, sorry, seventeen years, and so just the marriage of the photography and the design and the arts and the story it just seemed like a natural thing to um, do this book project. Uh, I mean, hearing you speak is so exciting to me because uh, I'm I'm really feeling honored that you you shared your drafts with me. Uh, so everyone listening, uh, what happened was Curtis got in touch with me, told me he was doing this book, and then he sent me the draft, and it was yeah, it was just incredible. How exciting to be able to see someone's story via photography, but also a book that they're working on. Um, so I want to go back a little bit to how did you end up getting in touch with me? Because I think that's quite interesting in itself. So maybe to hear it from your words, because I've been telling everybody. So how did, how did we end up here, Curtis? Um, one of the things that I do when I'm working as a list of podcasts um, business, um, try to increase my knowledge where I feel weak, um, where I have room to grow. I was listening to a uh, creative live podcast with Chase Jarvis. Mm-hmm, he was yes. interviewing, um, I believe Ryan holiday. I think it was his name, another author. Mm-hmm. And Ryan was talking about one of his books that he was, was, um, in the past that he had tried to, to market, that he was looking at promoting. Um, I had some questions about that, so I contacted him, sent him an email, um, back and forth a little bit, and then one of the books that he recommended was a book called Show Your Work by Austin Cleon. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, and so is is my usual um, habit when I'm researching things, when I'm trying to find out more about something, whether it's something I want to look at buying or putting effort into uh, applying to my business. I do a lot of searching online. Mm-hmm. So I looked for reviews of this book and yours was one of the reviews. Oh, that's amazing. I, 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 I cannot remember <laughs> if it was the first or not, so I'm sorry for that. No, that's but okay. It was, one, it was the one that made the most impact. The Wow. Um, just the nature of it. it, it made me want to, it made me feel better about purchasing the book, which I've done and I'm working through. Mm-hmm. But then how I try to approach social media is um, leaving meaningful comments, not just saying nice picture or looks great, but to show, to tell why. And I believe that it's important for me to show appreciation um, to someone when I can learn, when I have learned from them, when I've gained something from them, when I feel like they've, they haven't intentionally given something to me, but when I, when I received something from them. So Mm -hmm. I reached out to you and thanked you for that. And through the emails and the correspondence, now we're here talking with each other thousands of miles apart and yet instantaneous with this thing called the computer yeah isn't that incredible and and you know I also then want to thank you because when I started this podcast I just thought I'm gonna just make it and speak about the things that make me happy about writing and books and things like that and when I reviewed that book oh hello puppy dog who's this this is Susie hi Susie oh my gosh so cute oh now you make me want to cuddle well, we'll continue on because this is very, you know, this is life. And Susie, you are actually quite cute. Um, what was I saying? That uh... you were thanking me. Oh yeah, I was thanking you. Be- yeah, because I I love that book. So I found that book at a time when I was also questioning, 
you know, how am I going to show some of my crazy ideas? And this book was perfect, short, compact, beautiful. And it just said, show your work. Don't be afraid to credit people. Don't be afraid to try all of these things. So I, I start doing what the book says. And then I thought, I want to tell people about this book. And when I did that podcast review, I, I was just genuinely excited about it. I just felt like, okay, now it's out. And I actually emailed Austin to say, thank you so much, because now I'm showing people your work in my work. And he, and he replied, he's like, yep, that's great. And that was nice. But even that was like, I didn't need his validation. I'd already felt like, okay, this is good. It's out. So to get your email completely blew my mind. Because first of all, you're so far away. Um, and then second, I mean, you would understand having a small business, excuse me, how people always talk about, you know, SEO and, you know, you've got to write the right words so people find you, blah, blah, blah. And that's, that's just a post. I didn't even try to do anything. I just wrote what, what was there. And then you said you Googled it or you found it. So to me, that doubly stumped me that, oh, I didn't even try and be found and you still found me, if that makes sense. So, um, and then your email was just, it was just lovely. It was just so, um, appreciated. And, and so then when I also started, you know, looking around at your work and I love photography, I love to travel, I love landscapes, I was blown away. Like, who is this guy? So then we start chatting and you send me your book and I go, oh no, 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 I need to give feedback on this and that. And then I just got into a zone because I could see your heart in the work that you're doing. And then I could also, you know, put on my technical writing design eyes on it and kind of look at it as a whole project that's not mine and, and still give you this feedback in a way that felt like, I don't know, it was just such a wonderful experience. So um, you know, being able to interview you now is a way to then tell other people that you're onto, you know, a good thing and that, you know, people should continue to, to do their projects if they have ones that they're sitting on. Okay, so that's enough of my long speech. I'm just really excited. But I wanted to ask you, um, you've talked about starting a Kickstarter crowdfunding campaign for your book. And I want to find out why you're doing that. Why are you crowdfunding your book project versus going, you know, the mainstream publishing route? Where I live in Smithers, it's a very artistic um, community. And that word community is probably the biggest reason why I'm, I'm wanting to do it this way is because... Um, through ski touring um, and just other things here in town it's become so important and evident the power that comes from working together with people mm -hmm. the, the, the social aspect, aspect of the friendships that develop um, the safety speaking skiing the safety in doing this sport in numbers um, going out and doing things together and the, the bond that's formed, the strength that's formed. Part of the process of promoting this is is developing those relationships with people online through social media, through Instagram and Twitter and, and the other ones mm -hmm. that I've used. So Kickstarter is a way to build a relationship with people who have shown an interest in the project mm -hmm. um, the, the supporters the, the, the people that pledge you, you as, a, as a project creator have the opportunity to build a relationship with those people I've been reading a book uh, recently by uh, Seth Golden um, about permission marketing and mm -hmm. the importance of seeking building relationships and then over time seeking permission to um, do the quote-unquote the ask yes. as opposed to an inter as an interruption marketing where it's just uh, me as a guy doing a book saying here buy my book here buy yeah. my pictures here buy yeah. my cards here buy my this uh, 
mm-hmm. that's a not my nature, but I don't I don't believe that that's a sustainable way to build a long term relationship with people that you want to be um, influenced by to have a relationship with your work, whether it's this project or other ones in the future. Yeah. So Kickstarter, uh, the the it's all community building the relationships. And uh, speaking to the publishing point of view, uh, it just seems like, um, from what I've read, a, a more natural natural way to have control, artistic mm-hmm. control, what I want to do. And because this is such a, a personal project, yeah, I don't know for sure, to be honest, that a publisher wouldn't change things dramatically you might find somebody but at this point I just feel like this is the right the right thing to do because it's mm-hmm. such a deep personal project for me that yeah. I need to have final say on everything yeah and you know um, I really do uh, resonate with that about the, the creative control of, of the art piece or the project that you're making um, because then when I looked at your draft and through what you've done I can see your graphic design background. So you're actually quite lucky or you're quite, um, I don't know if lucky is the right word, but as in you actually have that gift to already put you steps ahead of normally people, you know, do these books and then they don't look quite right. So when I, when I saw your draft, I got it straight away. I got the story. I got the, I got the emotions of, you know, turning the page and there's like a double spread of, you know, this magical mountain or, you know, the deep color, the placement of your text and your captions, the white space as well. I really thought that that made the images really touch me a lot more. Um, so I, I kind of feel like, you know, most people go to publishers or go through publishers because they have those established um, techniques and processes set up to how the book is laid out, which I think scares a lot of people. But if you have that graphic design um, sense and then you know the right people to ask, I think you still could make something beautiful as is coming out with what you've, what you've shown me. Um, you know, so when I saw the first draft, I had all these amazing emotions because now I could see what you see. Then when you sent the second one after our emails and correspondence, it was even more like, wow, this is mind-blowing because even how you arranged your black and white images into one section and then the color ones and then starting to bleed the images across the edges, it's beautiful. So I'm, I'm genuinely excited to see what you end up um, producing. And part of doing this interview was because I wanted to tell people about you and and also I've been in your shoes where I've had to crowdfund a book and part of why I do what I do is to show people that it's not always going to be perfect or easy, but let's talk about the process and where we are as we're going towards whatever we're working towards. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for even wanting to do this interview. Um, now you said you've got a draft proof of the book. Would you like to show us what it looks like? or the cover, or, you know, flick through some pages, and, and, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. the cover. Yeah. And... Yeah, beautiful. And Curtis... Oh, sorry, go on. No, go ahead. I was going to say, are you happy for us to show the you know, a couple of images on the blog post for this episode. Um, and obviously I'll put all your links and stuff so people can find you, but yeah, it's, it's kind of cool seeing it in, in, in person, isn't it? Wow. And even like this is, this was the very first, um, and this is the, the, the back cover that I originally had, which is what I sent to you. Yes. Um, Part of the strategy that I'm trying to put in place is uh, we have farmers markets here on Saturday mornings. So I'm going to have a booth 
there. I've arranged to exchange some images for them in exchange for booth fees, so I don't have to pay for being Hey, there. good old um, bartering. That's good. <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna have I'm gonna have this book. It's not ideal because it's not where it's at right now, but it's the idea for the book to have this was to to a give me something that I can take to people I can show people I can mm-hmm. start to have a conversation with people about the about the greater project yeah um, it gives me something physical to to touch because mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure you know you can't make a decision about how final the final layout of things until you actually see a print copy because mm-hmm. it's, it's just I've learned over the years many mistakes of, of making a decision based on what I see on screen and it uh. just Things change. That's so interesting you say that, Curtis, because as you were holding up the the book and the back cover, and we talked quite a bit about the dark image on the back, but Mm -hmm. for some reason, as you're holding it up, it actually looks good. It looks good. Mm -hmm. Is that that bizarre? I just... And and I've only seen the book on screen, like you said, but as you're holding it up, you flicked it, so you had the white, and then you went the black. And it actually... It looks... It looks good. I like it. Can you hear me? I can. I can still hear you. Oh, sorry. It it it, it froze there for a little bit. Oh, okay. Um, so that's my, quite interesting. My thinking of doing it this way was on the front. It's it's abstract. It's white. Um, I'm going uphill. Yes. On the back, it's dark. It's not abstract, and it's going it's the tracks that I made going downhill so Mm -hmm. that was my initial idea um so but okay but you know what's so interesting to me now seeing that physical copy listening to you say you know the dark downhill up you know and the white and then the second draft that you've sent through where you've now got your black and white images in a different section now it feels more now that black back cover seems to work more. Does I don't know if that makes sense because now, yeah, now it does. I mean, this this has um, initially when I did it, it's just black and white and color images. The initial idea was to do chronologically, mm-hmm. so these were all in sequence from start to finish. But I see how it has made, it, it was a struggle for me because I tend to look at things, okay, this is how I'm doing it, and it's hard to change my own ideas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I think it's a designer it's, thing. It's hard to, <laughs> I've watched movies enough and, and commentaries on films where the directors have to cut a scene from a movie and they talked about, you know, it, it's, it's killing the baby. Yeah. It's, it's not because they're <laughs> not invested in the video and how do you pull that out. Yes. Uh, and I still struggle with that now. But I think that it, it has made the overall project stronger. And even subsequent, um, I just am finishing another draft right now and subsequent to the last one that you've seen and it's it's trying to have a rhyme and a reason for the images that are there yeah that was there initially a little bit but now um not so much the double spread images but the pages where there's um two two images Mm -hmm. like one on the left side one on the right side trying to find a, a reason for why those two images are are facing each other. Yeah. Some sort of commonality. It's not the same picture, but some sort of commonality between the the, the verso and the recto page. Yeah. The images on two pages. Mm-hmm. Whether it's it's black or it's dark or there's a fire in it or it's it's a particular aspect of the snow or scale. There's all sorts of. It would be interesting for me to go through each spread and to write down what the theme is for that spread and just to yeah. see how different it is from 
the, the differences that have happened uh, in the design of it from from what you've seen to what it is now. I mean, this is this is so exciting to be on this journey. I've just kind of almost invited myself onto this book journey of yours because I I can't wait to see what the final thing is because as you're speaking through these different iterations and processing and asking and questioning and your courage to reach out to people at this stage and ask for feedback and advice and all of that is also quite telling because that is making it more and more of a community book or project so now like i was saying you know um you you know when it's out i want to have a copy because now i've heard the story from day dot i saw the first draft to you know whatever it's going to be and i feel as if that is the strength of whatever you end up putting in your crowdfunding campaign to start telling the stories of the people who are starting to connect into this book because i know you said to me um you know you've asked a few people for feedback and i think when you did the the last draft and I went on the Dropbox, there were comments from other people. And now I'm going, I wonder who that is. I wonder, you know, what, who, else is, who else is seeing this? Like, I want to talk to them and say, what do you think about page 20, you know? And so I feel as if there's something in that to explore. And I'm really hoping even this podcast, um, this episode, I'm going to send it to all my designer friends, all my, you know, people and just say, go and check this guy out or look at your work or... Um, you know, start getting those conversations happening because what what we can see now is it doesn't matter about distance, does it? It's not even distance or anything. It's just being captured by um, community, which is, I like that word, community, connection, creativity. Um, and your book seems to be this portal of it, um, which is quite exciting. What I did want to ask you, though, is you talked quite a bit about how, um, you know, you had some health issues that inspired this book. So have you in your book, when you use the black and white images or the dark images, is that representative of those dark times or those things you've gone through? Or is it just more like, yeah, talk us through how you've how you've translated those dark times into this amazing book. How does that, how did those things correlate? Um, that's a good question. I haven't thought of it. Um, to back up a little bit, the reason that I do black and white images, when I do black and white images, it's because the, the picture, the image is more about form and content rather than color. The color doesn't add anything to mm -hmm. the image for me. Okay. That's, that's my main reason why I have the black and white images. Yeah. Speaking to uh, the health and how that has come through in the book, um, I write a lot about that in the, the, the preface that I have to give people a little bit of a reason why I do what I do. And at this point, I think the way it comes through is I just try to, to, to have the, the captions to the images. Um, I try to have my own reaction to that. I, I try mm -hmm. to have it being a... If people see from the introduction, from the preface, sorry, where I was... Hopefully they'll see through um, the the pages and the, the the captions how I've changed. Yeah, I haven't specifically gone out and written an end note saying to to address the the dark times, if you want to call them that. Mm -hmm. It's more just an, an accumulation of goodness <laughs> Not it, just off, it off, is to talk off the top of my head because it's yeah i don't really quite know how to describe that i haven't specifically thought tried to to put down in words and 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 you know what you, to that question of yours and and that's i use a lot of words a lot of descriptors um 
I, I think I just try to have, if I do have any sort of theme, I want to have people see or learn about the joy that is possible from being outside doing something yeah. that is close to their heart. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful book. It really, it really is. Your images, your story, everything. And I think that's why I've also kind of been so drawn to it is because it's a story of hope. It's a book of hope. And when I see those images and those sunsets and um, to, to mind the image that keeps playing over and over in my mind is that that um, big black and white shot that's in your second section. The one that I was saying that feels like the, the dramatic, you know, like welcome or I mean, that image is so powerful and so beautiful that there is there is a real depth to how you feel when you when you look at something at that scale and i'm just seeing it on a screen or on a page so i can't i can't even fathom what it's like to then see it in real life you know so just, that's just exciting about, i'm sorry so, no, just talking on. about that now i can i in my mind's eye like i'm closing my eyes i can i know where i am up on the ridge looking across there's a bit of a gully, not a bit, it's a, it's called Simpson's Gulch. Um, and I can look across and see that peak. It's beautiful. Um, okay, so, so now I guess moving on from this point and you looking at doing this, this crowdfunding campaign and Kickstarter, what, what help do you need or what do you, what do you need? Because I know when I did my book, I had to shout out and say, you know, I would need help with, you know, getting into schools with the book or, you know, graphic design assistance. I don't know. So what what are the things that you feel you need to make your campaign successful? And they don't necessarily have to be monetary things, but you don't you never know who's listening. So I don't know. It's just I'm just asking in case you have a little wish list. One of the things that I would like to have, um, which I've tried, I've made some efforts to, to achieving or to gaining is finding media outlets to help a talk about the project now to help build awareness for the, the, the campaign. Um, but then to have magazines or, um, websites groups groups or people that are involved in the outdoors um, backcountry ski um, organizations travel organizations um, maybe even maybe even the whole issue of mental health mm -hmm. those yes. organizations yes um, to, to do the work, the legwork between now and the beginning of the, the Kickstarter thing, which I'm hoping to have started mid-August, mm -hmm. to raise awareness in their minds now so that when, I, when it comes to the middle of August, um, the ask isn't quite as abrupt. Mm -hmm. If I have a relationship built with people between now and then, it just seems like that's a better way to do it from what I've yeah. learned yeah. and just how it, how it sits with my personality and my beliefs. <laughs> we're so the same. Anyway. This is why I think this is why we get along because we're so the same. I, I'm not a salesperson. I just, I'm not good at that. I don't want to sell, like knock people out, like buy this thing. And I think you're right that relationships with people are so important because then you're not forcing it on people. You don't want to force this on people. They, you want people to actually enjoy it and want to see it. And um, I really, I really think that is a strength for you when you end up doing this. There's a real heartfelt humility and honesty about it that is, you know, it's quite rare to find sometimes as well. There's a lot of noise in the world, so I feel as if you've really got something that could be quite attractive to people and I was going to ask you if we could talk about cameras for a second because 
I've got a Canon. I used to have a Nikon. I would stand up and get it. It's just here. But um, I just wanted to know about, yeah, what camera do you have? And yeah, what, yeah, how long have you had it? And yeah, tell me about your camera that captures all these amazing images. The, the, the story for that starts in 94. I graduated from university and I was heading off to China for a year to teach English. My mom bought me a Canon Rebel and I took that with me. Mm-hmm. And even thinking about it now, that's where this whole love of, of storytelling, if you will, um, my particular way of storytelling, um, adventure, I would finish my classes and I would go walk for hours in the city that I was in. So I was baptized, if you will, into canon, and I've just, I've kept it. Oh, no. Seven, I think, when I got my first uh, digital canon. Mm-hmm. It was a canon uh, 5D. And then over the years, I've, I've bought um, newer models. The one I use now is a Mark III. The 5D Mark III. I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but when you were saying that you moved to digital, it kind of cut out in, in the true way that Skype does. Uh, so, sorry, you said you got your second one. What year was that? Sorry, I missed that. Uh, my first digital camera I got in, I think it was 2007. Oh, okay, yeah, 2007. And then I think I've, well, I can't remember when I bought the Mark II, but um, that one died end of last year. I was out skiing and it just, it turned into a brick up on the mountain. Oh, yeah. I had that, actually both cameras, the Mark 1 and the Mark 2, they both just turned into bricks. I had them in my backpack, you know, and sitting in bags of rice to dry out. Oh, okay. The the 5D came back, but the Mark 2 just didn't. So I had to buy... Uh, another body over Christmas when I was visiting my family, mm-hmm. um, my wife's family in, in Langley over Christmas. So I have the Mark III right now. Okay. I have three lenses. I have a 14 uh, millimeter mm-hmm. 2.8, mm-hmm. and I have a 70 to 200 um, 2.8, and a 24 105 um, f4. Sorry. Okay, that so. Yeah, yeah the 20 24 105 is an f4. And those are L-series lenses. Um, so so when people start talking about lenses, that's when I sort of kind of go, oh, okay, I don't know the numbers. I just know far and close and wide and all that. Um, but okay. but I, I also have a love for cameras, um, as I was saying before. And I've just recently switched to Canon. And um, I mean, how is it possible to love a little piece of machinery or technology or whatever because it captures what I see and sometimes it captures it better than I saw it. Sometimes I'm like, Oh, I like that. And, um, yeah. And I've got a few photographer friends who always show me, you know, neat little tricks and things like that. So I think also when I saw your images, I went, no, you've got a proper camera. This is a proper camera. And the reason why I'm asking you this is because I know Canon does a lot of, um, you know, good work showcasing photography from everybody around the world, all sorts of themes and stories and things like that. But I'm not sure if the, if I've ever seen anything around the mental health discussion thing or, you know, kind of telling those kinds of stories. So this is just me now having, um, you know, a creative spark thing. But, you know, maybe there might be someone at Canon or someone who you can go tell your story of your work and your love with or and your relationship with Canon cameras through these times and what, what this is a product of. Because let's say you don't get Canon themselves to endorse your project or whatever, but there must be thousands upon thousands of other photographers or their families or their supporters who've been through tough times and use photography to heal. So... I don't know. I feel like there's something in that because when when I go on the Canon Australia Instagram page, there's a whole community of amazing people, and just through the camera, I feel like these are my people. So when I've traveled and I tag Canon Australia, 
then yeah, they like the stuff and whatever. So I'm much more inclined to support a, you know, a photography project because I get it. I use these cameras. I know the pain. Um, so I, I feel as if having seen your video and having seen, um, just, you know, we started talking about your campaign. I think I'd like to encourage you to maybe even start speaking to your fellow photographers or your fellow or fellow, I don't know, you know, almost seeing where else this, this could, you know, what other conversations it could spark. I don't know. That's just me on my, <laughs> my little tangent, but, um, yeah, that, that is something that has not crossed my mind oh, okay. before prior to this. Yeah. And imagine if you even had pictures of you with your different cameras along the years and you do like a timeline or something or because as I listen to you, there is the story of, yes, your health issues, the ski touring, but then there's also this deep love for photography that is just like, you know, that is a story in itself, you know, so um this is fun it means you can explore lots of different things and yeah i i just i have a feeling this is just going to be magic whatever you do it's going to be magic <laughs> so um what else did i want to ask you oh did you have any questions for me i kept saying you know you're welcome to ask as well um since it's a dual conversation I, I i'm i'm overwhelmed with with ideas and thoughts of of just trying to comprehend, you know, take in everything that we've talked about. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's encouraging for me and it, and it doesn't happen as often as either I'd like or I think I need. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it's, it's a bit overwhelming, but it's, it's, it's very needed. So oh, I, appreciate okay. oh. I appreciate this opportunity. It's, it's fun to, to talk about this in, in a positive light because I can, you know, think myself into the ground and, and you get so, you get so attached to something. You, it, I find it's hard to be truly objective about it because mm -hmm. so much of this, of, you know, of this book is, it's hard to separate, you know, it's me, it's the book, it's pictures, it's skiing. It's like, I'm, I'm so much a part of that. It's hard to truly be, objective which which speaks to the issue of do i really want to listen to whoever saying change this word or change mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. thing that's it's that's a it's a point of acknowledging this is an issue a challenge for me but then it's an opportunity to see can i can i grow can i let go of this idea you know how does how do things change so yeah, I, I try to look at it as um, not a bad thing, but it's just a reality and something I try to to learn from. Oh, and it's so normal. Everything you're saying and and you know you know sharing is I I mean I feel that same way as well. I'm not very good at <laughs> receiving creative feedback sometimes unless we're working together. So I I also think you've been so gracious with how you've received some of the things that I've written to you because I, I do have a very different voice when I'm looking with um, a technical eye or design eyes. My friends sometimes hate it because they will ask me for their opinion, for my opinion, and I'll just switch and I'll go, nah, get rid of that. That is hideous, nah, whatever. So I almost lose the tact almost because I'm just like, you've asked me to look at it in a certain way. So because obviously we've never met and, you know, you know, you've been sharing your work, I've sometimes struggled. It's like, oh, wait, I don't know this guy yet. But then, oh, my gosh, he's asked for it as a, you know, this advice. Oh, shall I? OK, I'm just going to say it. And and then to see some of those changes made and then for you to, like, be so gracious in, in receiving that has also been teaching me about, yeah, being on the receiving end of feedback. So I've also been learning from this process and also, you know, that balance, like you said, discerning what to change or what to take in and then listening to what your gut is saying about your project or your artistic vision for this thing. And 
yours is so clear that yeah don't don't feel bad about that either it's very very clear and you you know exactly what you need to do you already know so i think now it's just a matter of yeah fine-tuning that it's it's great it's great um so that's i guess my only encouragement um I don't know if I if I wrote it in that list of questions, but I'm curious, who do you want to give the first copy to when the final thing is done? Like, who do you really want to just say, here? Or, like, who would you... It, it would have to be my wife. Yeah. Oh, she, that's she, wonderful. She, she, puts up, she puts up with my the eccentricities of being <laughs> a skier and a photographer and being okay with me going up on the mountain most of the time by myself. Yeah. She probably worries her more than she than she um, puts forth or acknowledges. But yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't do it without having that that freedom of being. I'm just I'm going. Yeah. I'm yeah. working. You know, because I work at home. Yeah. I work by myself. You know, I sit here in front of the computer a lot. Yeah. And sometimes I just it gets too much and I just, I need to, I need to go out. Like two days ago, I was, I was mowing lawn for a friend to help him out and to make some money. And then I was just like, you know what? I, I've been sitting too long, too many days. And I just, so I had to go out partly was because I needed to go out and do, I wanted to get a video done. Mm -hmm. Um, because relatively soon, probably in a month or so, it's going to be a lot more difficult to get up on the mountain where there is snow. Yeah. Have to hike and just be longer and harder. So I was able to ski tour up to where I wanted to do the main, the bulk of the video. By the way, so, yeah. oh no, sorry, I interrupted you. I'm no, okay. I'm so sorry, but I really need to ask: Can you explain? in complete layman's terms, what ski touring is. It's the walking up bit, isn't it? With your skis yeah, on. Yeah, you're, you're, you're basically walking uphill on skis without falling backwards. But why would you do that instead of just wearing, not wearing skis? As you can tell, I've never been skiing. But because like... what happens, you know, snowshoes, mm -hmm. that's what a lot of people use. Um, if they're walking in deep snow with just your boots, you're going to have the snow surface, you're going to put your foot in, then your foot's going to sink down. Yeah, true. Yeah. And so there's an extra load on your legs, an extra effort of digging through the snow. Mm -hmm. And you, it's basically, uh, I liken it to, it's called uh, plush. It's like a fabric on the bottom of the... Uh, an adhesive piece of a one-sided adhesive fabric basically that, that you can attach to the bottom of your skis that mm -hmm. sticks to your skis mm -hmm. but then on the bottom side is a plush that when you're sliding uphill mm -hmm. there's all these little tiny pieces of fabric that are sticking down that yeah. when you're sliding uphill it's like velcro in a sense when you slide okay. up when it moves one way you can there's motion and it can move oh. when you stop and you slide down all the little pieces of fabric kind of stick in and you've got like a million little tiny breaks on the bottom of your ski which allows the ski to stick in place and not slide down the mountain oh. and so the skis allow you to float essentially on top of the snow wow so you could be on top of the snow and not sink in I like I like the sound of that a lot because I've always wanted to go skiing and I didn't say this to you but I've never skied and when I went to Japan I went in the wrong season so I couldn't ski and I'm looking at going to New Zealand to ski and so when I heard about you could walk up the mountain I went well that sounds safer than trying to ski down because then you've got no control so there's something that's really exciting me about the prospect of walking up the mountain and not but you do have to go down at the end oh uh, <laughs> okay you take the skins off when you're at the top yeah and then oh. for, for me that's part of the fun is that you get to uh, that ski down okay 
But then, so what? You be up there by yourself. Like, what? Do you have a, a satellite phone, or what happens for safety? That's a good question. Um, when I'm here by myself on the mountain here, I typically I I just have my cell phone, and we have cell reception here up on the mountain. So mm-hmm. I have my phone with me that I can contact somebody if if something goes wrong. Okay. When you're further out. Like there's a place called Hankin, um, which is about 45 minutes from here. There's no cell reception there. But when you're go, going out in situations like that, you basically go out with friends, with a group. Oh, yeah. And everybody has a, a, like a, a beacon, essentially, that they wear on them. Yeah. That will send out a signal that if you're lost or get in, a, you're in an avalanche or you're stuck somewhere. It's basically an avalanche rescue that if you get stuck, yeah, then everybody has a beacon that they can then search for that. It sends out a little uh, beep, like a signal. It sends an SOS, a signal out. And then your okay. other people that are with you have a device that they can then search for that signal and find you buried in the snow. Okay. Phew. All right. That's, that's <laughs> good to know. Um, yeah. What... What what wonderful insight into that world. Uh, I don't know if I sent it in, that, in one of the emails where I said, looking through your book made me want to ski. Or there was something, or you showed me an interview where you said something like, you just have to wear the right gear or something like that. Yeah. So I, I really liked that moment because I don't like being cold. And... That's always been the hindrance, like, oh, but it's so cold. And um, now it's like, okay, well, if I have the right gear, I want to stand on top of a mountain and see it snow covered and all that. Do you know what I mean? So that's quite powerful. One of the the things you learn is that you really don't need as much clothing as you think you might when you're skiing up because you're, you're walking uphill. You generate so much heat. Okay. Like you just you you wear a, a thin base layer or a base layer, and then your shell, and that's that's mostly what I wore the whole winter. Mm. Was just one shirt and this thin little mm. jacket. <laughs> you generate really? so much heat going uphill that if you have too many layers on, it becomes that much harder to ski because you're you're melting okay i don't know why i still i still picture myself with you know three jackets and a doona which is like a quilt or something like a big blanket because i just don't like being cold but who knows (laughs) well i'll just take it off as i ski up i mean yeah okay well well this is this is what i'm trying to say is that i like that I can now honestly, realistically picture myself walking on a mountain that has snow on it. I've never, I've never had that. Because, you know, you see pictures of landscapes all the time. I, I mean, they're beautiful images on Instagram all the time. And I will look at them as works of art and photography and go, wow, yeah, cool. But when I was reading your book and your captions and your stories, now I'm walking with you. Now I'm sitting there by that fire. Now I can see that beautiful sunset. Now I'm like, oh, so I could. So I think your book also has an interesting appeal to people who know nothing about skiing as well. That's part of, that speaks to another theme, a desire, something that I want to accomplish with the book is to have people, and I write about this at the end, um, is to have people say, okay, they're done. They're done looking at all these images. They're done looking, reading the, the captions and the stories. They now have had the experience with me. They've been there mm-hmm. with me. They've felt the cold. They've, I didn't write this, but they've seen the sunset. They've yeah. seen the storms. They've, they've heard the snow under their skis. It's like they were there well, this well, so there's an idea where, as you're saying that, I think I would, and I I know a few of my friends would. We would 
come on something like that if somebody like you was showing us how to do it and maybe we go only half up the mountain because we're too scared to die and then we come back um <laughs> so i also with my wife i've gone with my wife who i jokingly say i'm trying to get addicted yeah get her addicted to ski touring and she's she's very much like that okay so okay she's so i would then go with your wife yeah okay she would have she would enjoy that you, but well, because I'm I'm kind of coming back to your Kickstarter thing again, that that would be a phenomenal reward to have in there. So it it would be one of those platinum level kind of rewards. So that might be a reward that costs I don't know. I'm just throwing a number out. Let's say five grand, right? I but, do have that in my plan already. Okay. Well, I have yeah. Because, do you know what? I think, I definitely would do something like that. Because I've got a brother in Vancouver, I, I mentioned. So one of my, I've got two brothers in Canada. One in Vancouver, one in Edmonton. And um, if I were to come, let's say, and I'm going to go on the ski ex- ex- expedition, then I would tie it up to see my family. So it's not anything out of the way for me. But I'm sure there'd be other people who'd be curious about that so yeah if if that's already in your plan that's yeah you're gonna be laughing curtis this book's gonna sell millions this is this is gonna be like i don't know (laughs) epic can you can you tell me that every day yes yes but you know what you're not doing it for the money i can i can see that so it's going to touch millions of hearts let's say that say it that way okay yes However that looks. Yeah. Um, okay, so, gosh, we've been almost talking for an hour. Um, uh, where where should people find you? I think that's quite important. Where would you like people to go and follow you or updates? Your newsletter is pretty good, so I will put a link there. But what? where do you want people to, to find you? I think you talked about what do I need? And I think one of the needs is to have um, people sign up for um, for a news for my newsletter. I send it out every every couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I have a website set up for my book uh, that's different from my business website. I think the whole the, the book website is is more pertinent right now. Yeah. But I'm on Instagram and I'm Twitter and Facebook are where I. Uh, spend most of my time although Instagram seems to be where I've you get out what you put into something and I put the most work into Instagram mm-hmm. and that's where I've enjoyed uh, the comments and the relationships yeah. with yeah. people that I've built um, but I do post on primarily the same things on Twitter and Facebook so could you tell us what those links are? Because this is going to be on audio as well on the podcast. So if you tell us, um, so is it world of white? Wonderful world of white. Okay. Dot com. Yeah. Wonderful world of white dot com. Mm-hmm. And then Instagram is wonderful dot world dot of dot white. That's right. Okay. Um, and then it's just Wonderful World of White on Facebook and on Twitter. All right. So everybody listening or watching Wonderful World of White, which I must say is another reason why your book caught my eye. I'm a bit of an alliteration junkie. So I like it when, you know, the words all start with the same letter. There's always like a ring to it. So two words with Taku, Wonderful World of White. I don't know. There's something that always, for me... <laughs> kind of pings that catches my attention so i i think it's it's a it's a beautiful book it's a beautiful concept it's a beautiful story you're a beautiful person you definitely have such a big heart and a gift for you know showing and teaching i mean i've learned i did not know ski touring was a thing at all i i honestly did not know and this is exciting that it's yeah, it's just something that I can pretend to talk about now. I know. Um, but as in, it's, I've learned something. I've learned something. And I really honestly wish you the very best with this book. 
and obviously we'll stay in touch and who knows i may come and actually be ski touring with your wife with you does susie go up does susie probably Sometimes don't go she does yeah she does if i go out yeah if i go out for hours i typically don't want to bring her along because you know she's a pretty small dog and she'll get cold um she'll come i would bring her along now because it's it's quite warm outside but like, how? It was really nice today. I could I could go in shorts and a t-shirt and be and be hot up on the mountain. Okay. I'll send you a picture. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Well, look, on that note, um I I think I've asked everything that I wanted to know. Um it's been so good to hear more about you and your story, your family. And uh, like I said, I definitely wish you the best with everything. I will keep, um, yeah, I'll keep, you know, the, the updates happening once in a while in the podcast as well. And if you have anything that's major, if Canon calls you, you better tell us so we know. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, we'll just keep everyone posted. So for everyone else who's watching and or listening, if you want to follow my speaking and writing adventures, you can find me at taku.com.au. And then the podcast is available on iTunes and Android and everywhere else. So just look for two words with Taku. But yeah, thank you so much, Curtis. And thank it's you. been wonderful. And yes, let's stay in touch. We will. Thank you very much. No worries.